my goodness. Wrestling for Dummies is here. We are back. Better late than never, I always say. Apologies for the late show, the late uh, recap of Elimination Chamber, but I'm here. How are we? We good? We happy? We ready to talk some goddamn wrestling? I am. I am. I've been talking wrestling for a few days now, um, for obvious reasons. WWE came to my home country of Australia, except they went to the worst part of Australia. Well, not uh, not the worst part. Western Australia is the complete opposite side of Australia to me. Um, so for the people asking me, and I got many, many messages from um, fans of this show and, and friends of mine saying, oh, are you going to WWE? No. I did not go to Elimination Chamber. I was dying to go. I really wanted to go. It was the biggest dick tease. Watching it um, at home on the TV while I know that uh, this is happening on the other side of the country. But uh, flights and hotel and, and all that shit, it costs a lot. It all adds up. And um, I, I know there's a group of us. A big group of uh, friends, some of you listening now, hi Paul, uh, who were dying to go and just couldn't do it because it was too expensive and with today's economy, blah, 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 it's hard to do things like that. So unfortunately, no, I did not get a chance to go and watch the Elimination Chamber uh, in its glory and uh, I, I did have some people, I did have some friends that did go. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that later on in this episode. But um, let, let me just get this out, right? Welcome to the Wrestling for Dummies podcast. Um, so, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> okay, so here we go. The reason, the reason that this show is late, and there is a good reason. There's two, kind of two reasons. Uh, first reason is my wife was violently ill this week and uh, bedridden almost. Well, bedridden, definitely. She was sick and um, that kind of put a damper into plans. The second reason and the main reason, not saying that my wife is less important than this reason, but the main reason I didn't record this show earlier is because with WWE coming to Australia, I did reap some of the benefits and I did manage to go to a show last night. A wrestling show last night. I went and saw The Undertaker do his stand-up show. And, and before you ask, what the fuck, does Undertaker do stand-up comedy? N no, I mean, it was very funny. But uh, no, it's not comedy. It's The Undertaker, and it's called The One Dead Man Show, which, personal personal beliefs, I think it's a stupid fucking name. I, I would have gone with Dead Man Talking instead. I mean, it fits with his character well. It, it was like similar to one of his theme musics. But whatever. I'm not Mark Calloway. I don't make the rules. But he... He, uh, he stands up on stage and talks about his time in wrestling. And I wanted to go and see that before I recorded it. Um, before I recorded this episode so I could give you guys... A review on The Undertaker One Dead Man show. And there was almost a part where I wasn't going to go because my wife was sick, but my wife, being the lovely woman she is, urged me to go, saying, You got these tickets, go have fun. 
So I did. So thank you to my wife. Everyone give a round of applause for her. She was very sick, had to look after three kids, three young little asshole children, but she still let me go. So I appreciate her. So thanks to her. So let's discuss The Undertaker Show first and foremost, and then we'll get to the Elimination Chamber, my thoughts and everything like that, and then we'll end with the predictions. Of course, you guys are... Uh, dying to hear who won the championship or who retained the championship or what happened with the championship. We'll get to that at the end of the show. You guys will just have to wait, okay? The Undertaker, one dead man show. So I went last night and I went there with the sole intention of to not just enjoy the show and, and see The Undertaker in a different light that we, than we're used to. Um, the Undertaker actually talking. But... um. I went there and I was going to, my intentions were to press the record button on my phone and try and steal some audio so I could play it on the show. <clears throat> That's not the case. Uh, for the first time ever, and I have been to some concerts. I've been to some shows before. I, uh, I have been to a lot of different events. And for the first time ever, I don't know if this is a new thing or if this is a thing of the future, but I fucking sure hope not, uh, they locked your phone away. So basically, you walked in, and they give you like this little pouch where you put your phone in, and it locks. And the only way you can open it is you, when when you leave the arena, there's like a, a little uh, security buzzer thing that unlocks this pouch. And it's got a name to it, and I can't remember the name, and I don't care to look it up, but whatever. But yeah, my phone was entirely locked away for the whole performance. I could not use it. And uh, if I had an emergency call, tough titties. Sorry, your mum's dead. Oh, well, you're going to have to wait till after the show because I can't answer my phone. So that was a bit shit. Um, if you did want to, I asked that question. I'm like, what if there's an emergency? And they said, if, if, if you need to use your phone, you have to come out, unlock it, call, text, whatever, and then go back in. And I'm like, well, so you need to put your phone on silent and then lock it in. So how how do you how would you know if there's an emergency? It's kind of dumb, but whatever. I'm guessing The Undertaker didn't want people stealing his, his, uh, his sketch. So anyway, another thing about this show, and then this is <laughs> this is not about the show, but it was a fucking bitch to get in. Because apparently there was an email sent out to everyone saying you must have your tickets printed. I never got this email and apparently neither did a thousand other people because we just had it on our phone. It's the way of the future. You have it on your phone. You scan your phone. Away you go. Sit in your seats. Good to go. No. So these, me and these another thousand people who all had their tickets on the phone needed to line up to the service desk to get our tickets printed so we could go in. That took forever. You think like a thousand? I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm making up the number, but it was a lot of fucking people, man. A lot of people lining up to just get their tickets printed. Now I bought my tickets last minute. Uh, if if I had planned to go to this, I would have called in a few friends. Hi Paul. Hi Jordy. Hi Zach. Uh, a few friends to go and 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 do this thing. But I end up seeing... It came up on Facebook randomly, and I'm like, holy shit, The Undertaker's playing in Sydney? Okay, what are tickets? And, like, tickets were expensive. Like, you're looking at $200 for the front row seats. But I found the cheap, 
the cheap tickets, $60, you're right at the back. The good thing about where this was, was it's a downward slope, so you're not really missing anything. You can still see The Undertaker. You just need binoculars. Um, but because you had to print your tickets, and because I was like the last, almost the last person in this fucking thousand Q line, they realized that, holy shit, The Undertaker's coming on soon, and we still got all these people to get to their seats. So this lady goes, oh, show me your ticket. I showed her. She wrote down the seat number, the gate number on this piece of paper, and she goes, just take this to them, and they'll sort you out. And I'm like, all right, sweet. All these people are still lined in, lined up, and I got to jump the queue. And that's when I had to lock my phone away. So I locked my phone away, walked up to the stairs, and looked at the piece of paper that she wrote me, and I could not understand a fucking thing that she wrote down because it was just like a two-grader writing level. So I'm like, fuck, where do I go? I've never been to this place. It's the ICC in Sydney. I've never heard of this place before. I've never been there. have no idea where I'm going, so I just walked up to some lady. I'm like, I don't know where this is. Can you help me? And she's looking at it, and she goes, yeah, I can't read that either. So she pulls out a ticket of her back pocket and goes, just have this, go sit down. And it was like, not front row, but it was a lot closer than what I was <laughs> what I was expecting. So that was a plus. That was cool. So I was basically in the middle section uh, seeing The Undertaker. So The Undertaker comes on and I missed his fucking intro. I was so upset about it. He had his usual uh, wrestling intro. Not the gong. He came out to um, Kid Rock's American Badass, which, okay, save your political side. I fucking love Kid Rock as a musician. I think the American Badass song is awesome, and I'm going to play it for you at the end of this episode, so strap in. So he came out to that. I heard it playing, and I heard the crowd erupt, and I'm like, fuck's sakes, I just wanted to see him come out. I just missed it. And I got my seat, and The Undertaker was fucking cool, man. He is a cool cat. He comes dressed out, full biker badass gear i'm talking steel cap black boots black jeans with the with the chains hanging around the side uh he wore his signature btk um jumper he wore black gloves he had his beanie on he just looked like a fucking badass man okay and he starts the show by talking about the elimination chamber and getting a bit of a pop from the crowd i thought it was cool the crowd is rowdy but I'll get back to the crowd in a second because, oh my God. So I go into this show expecting like, it's like a basically a Q&A session where fans can ask the Undertaker questions and then he'll answer them. And while we did get that, there were other aspects of the show which I thought were entertaining, but different. So we start talking about the Elimination Chamber and, and everything about it and just cheap pops from the crowds. Talking about Rhea Ripley and saying that he saw Rhea Ripley at the airport and she was really nervous and, and things like that. And then he goes on to tell a few stories about his BTK friends, um, Godfather and um, Midian. And he's talking, he's telling this story about um, the Godfather. Now, if you are an old school wrestling fan, you remember the Godfather, whole train and all that stuff. And um, he's talking to this story about the Godfather, and they're telling this. He's telling this story about 
back in the early 90s when they first started, when, when Undertaker started with the WWF, they went to Germany and the Godfather hooked up with this girl named Gabby. Now, remember the name Gabby, right? Because it comes into play. This girl called Gabby. And um, basically, the Godfather wanted to to have sex with this Gabby girl. But uh, apparently, back in the day, well, they're still big drinkers, both The Undertaker and um, The Godfather. So, Godfather was too drunk to have sex with her. Uh, so Undertaker took his place, and uh, he was of, he was also too drunk. It was this whole big thing, whole big story about this girl called Gabby, right? And it was a fun story. It was good and entertaining. But this Gabby girl was just mentioned throughout the entire fucking night. Not by The Undertaker, by the audience. And it got so fucking annoying. Every time The Undertaker would say something, someone from the crowd would yell out, Is it Gabby? And I gotta say right now, my 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 first thoughts on the Undertaker one dead man show. The Undertaker was great. He was entertaining as fuck. He was cool. He was badass, man. Like he did not hold back. He told the audience to fuck off, literally to fuck off in a polite, full, playful nature. He was doing shots of Jack Daniel whiskey. He was drinking beers. He closed the show by doing a shoey. I'll get back to that in a second because I have problems with that. Um, he was just a cool cat. He was he was teasing the crowd. He was he was ripping on the crowd. It was good fun. The Undertaker was great. The audience was fucking horrible. I hated, and I feel so ashamed to be a part of the Australian wrestling audience. These fucking marks who just, they're all fucking childs. Childs. Children. They're all children. They just yelled out the dumbest fucking shit. And, like... The Undertaker's telling stories, and then people would yell out like the like the the answer or, or something like that, and it was just, it was getting under my skin, man. Like let the fucking let the dead man talk, and the Undertaker pulled some people up on it. He would tell them to shut the fuck up, let me tell the story, and I'm like, thank you, just let him do his fucking job. And then we get to the questions and answers. And I'm thinking, fuck, this is why I'm here, man. I want to hear The Undertaker talk about Brock Lesnar breaking the streak. Like, I, I had questions. And I was trying to put my hand up and ask a question as well. Uh, I had questions like, was Brock Lesnar really meant to make break the streak? I didn't expect him to answer it, but I just wanted to know what he would think or say. Uh, I wanted to know what was the... what What did he say to Bray Wyatt on that episode of Raw? Things like that. And, um, oh, another question I had is, what's your opinion on AEW? That was another question I had. So we get to the question and answer part. And I have a weird feeling that they were all plants. Because they weren't picked at random. They This dude came out with a, a piece of paper and a clipboard. And had, well, we have Steven here from Sydney. Where's Steven? And I'm like, wait. Were you meant to pre-register your questions to get answered? So, yeah, I have a feeling they were all plants because the questions were either just your basic bitch questions that you could go on fucking Wikipedia or YouTube and hear him talking about. Questions like, 
who is your biggest rival? Or um, if if back in the the Monday Night Wars, did you ever think to jump ship to WCW? And I'm like, these are shit questions. One dude asks, "What's Undertaker's pho- what? What's his deal with his with his phobia of cucumbers?" Which, if you don't know, Undertaker does not like cucumbers. But like, these are not juicy questions. I want fucking deep questions. Tell me why you hate AEW, or tell me why you love AEW. Tell me things like that. And we just got the stupidest fucking questions. I was so annoyed with the crowd, like just asking dumb, boring questions. I wanted to leave, but because The Undertaker was fucking great, he made it entertaining. They also did this thing called Dead Man Jeopardy. Now, if you are an American, you know the the game show Jeopardy. I mean, or if you've watched Little Nicky with Adam Sandler, you know the game show Jeopardy. Probably everyone knows the game show Jeopardy. It's a question show in the States. We have no clue uh, about it here in Australia. We never got to watch it. But they played Dead Man Jeopardy where the handler of The Undertaker, we'll call him the handler, would go to the crowd and pick out three different people to come up and do like a trivia game and and they'd win prizes. And I'm not going to say that these questions were hard because I didn't get them all right. Some of these questions I wasn't sure, uh, but a lot of them were easy. And if you've watched wrestling for a number of years, you would know. Like questions like, who's the only wrestler to beat Hulk Hogan for the WWE title twice? Who's the who's the wrestler who's appeared in the most Hell in a Cell matches? Or one that really rubbed me the wrong way is who won the 2010 Elimination Chamber? Which was a multiple choice question. It had all six participants, which was John Morrison, CM Punk, Chris Jericho, R-Truth, The Undertaker, and Rey Mysterio. Now think about it. Think about it for a second. 2010. John Morrison, R-Truth, Rey Mysterio, um, there, three of those people right now have never won an Elimination Chamber. Oh, CM Punk. CM Punk never won an Elimination Chamber either. So you're down to Undertaker and Chris Jericho. Now, if you think about the dates, 2010, that was around the year where Undertaker had his best match of all time, in my opinion, where he faced Shawn Michaels. And why did he face Shawn Michaels? Because... Shawn Michaels cost him the world title in the Elimination Chamber, giving the win to Chris Jericho. Boom, smack, I got it. <laughs> Other questions which were harder, which was like, in 1997, SummerSlam, what match did Undertaker and Mankind have? Uh, I didn't actually hear the answer. I, be- I guess Buried Alive, but I didn't hear the answer, so I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Anyway, these three people that they got up had no fucking clue. They did not answer one single question correctly. Even when there were the most obvious questions ever. Um, but yeah, it was fun because the crowd was booing them and, and things like that. But look, man, overall, The Undertaker won Dead Men Show. I'm glad I went. It was fun. It was cool to see The Undertaker um, just doing shots and like telling people to fuck off. That was fun. He ended the show. This is the best part. He ended the show. He pulled someone else up from the audience. And all these people from the audience were like front row and center. So I'm like, okay, I got no shot. Um, she He pulled up this girl to come have a shoey with him. Now, if you have no idea what a shoey is, 
apparently it's an Australian tradition where you take a can of alcoholic beverage and pour it into your shoe and drink it from the shoe. Um, apparently this is an Australian tradition. I have lived in Australia for almost 37 years of my life. Never been, never left Australia. I've never left this country because I'm a sad, fucking pathetic old man. Um, I have, in my 37, almost 37 years of life, seen probably five people do shoeys. And four of those were the WWE wrestlers. One of them was a dude jumped up on stage when I was in a band and decided to do it. I, besides that, I've never seen, I've never heard of people saying that the shoey is an Australian thing. I don't get it. And like, I look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in two places with it. One, one stage, I'm like, do we look like a laughing stock to the other side of the, the, the world? Like, do people go, oh, those Australians, they drink beer out of shoes. Or is it like, that's pretty cool. Australians got their own fucking thing where they drink beer out of shoes. Now, I've never done it. Maybe I have. I can't recall every single night that I've drank. Um, anyway, the Undertaker pulls out this girl to the stage. The manager brings out these two brand new Nike shoes. Um, and like white Nike. So they're not dirty. Undertaker's wearing like his steel cap work boots and said, oh, you know, you, I don't want you drinking from there, which was funny. Um, he then goes to the girl, now, would you like a beer shoey or a whiskey shoey or a beer and whiskey shoey? To which the girl seemed really uncomfortable because I'm guessing she just didn't want to do a shoey. So why are you up there? Let me go up. Uh, so she didn't answer. The Undertaker said, beer and whiskey it is. So... He hands her the mic and says, tell a story. Just puts her on the spot while filling these shoes up with Jack Daniels and some sort of beer. I couldn't tell what beer it was. And this girl, like just to be put on the spot, actually did a good job. So bravo to her. She basically just said, well, and the whole crowd started laughing. And she she pretty much said, um... <laughs> I didn't expect to wake up this morning thinking later on tonight I'd be doing a shoey with The Undertaker. And I'm like, good on ya. Because if I was put in that spot, I'd be stumbling my words and going, fuck, what's a story I can say to pop the crowd? I'd probably be like, yeah, give it up for The Undertaker and just look like a total dick. So they did the shoey and that's how the show ended. So overall, it was a good, fun, enjoyable experience. He said he was going to come back to Australia to do another one of these shows. I won't go again, I've seen it, and the crowd just pissed me off. I wanted juicier questions, didn't get that, and the whole, the whole, like, getting in and out and the tickets, the the whole ticket thing was just, just annoying. Fucking annoying. Anyway, so that was my review on the One Dead Man show with The Undertaker. It was great seeing him, uh, and that was all I got to experience with um, WWE coming down under. I'm hoping now, after hearing the, the positivity coming out of Elimination Chamber with Perth, that uh, apparently they did their best number for the Elimination Chamber of all time, which is great. That's fucking amazing. So I'm hoping they uh, they realize this and go, wow, Australia's actually like uh, balls to the wall, ready for us to return. 
And if they do, can we make it on the east coast of Australia? You know, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, because it would be easier for us to get to. I'm not picky, but I would rather be, uh, be in Sydney. I mean, Melbourne's been done. Brisbane is boring. So can we bring it to Sydney? That'd, that'd be great. I'll be there with fucking bells on. And I know a few people that will be alongside me. Hi, Paul. Hi, Zach. Hi, Jordy. Anyway, it's time we get into the Elimination Chamber review. How I thought was it? Thought of it. Jesus. Uh, let me just take a sip of my coffee. It is fucking 11.45 in the morning. I got home last night at 2am, so cut me some slack here. Mmm. Vanilla latte. Cannot go wrong. Alright, so. Illumination Chamber review. This was so weird. Watching this live at night. And I saw so many people, so many Americans complaining, oh, we have to wake up at 2am to watch this. Um, now you know how we feel, Americans, or, or people in other side of the world. Now you know how we feel when, when things like that happen. Although, although <laughs> we don't have to wake up at 2am. I mean, usually the shows are on at like 12pm for us, which is great. I'm alright with that. But when wrestling goes to Saudi Arabia, it's usually live at about 3am. So, um, I, I also apologize if you can hear that fucking cockatoo screeching on this recording. It's pissing me off and I can't stop it because I can't see it. So, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking bird. A native Australian bird making a ruckus. So, yeah, this was really weird watching this at night. But cool at the same time. But at the same time of that, I was also like, fucking motherfuckers. Fuck Perth. Why does Perth get this? Fuck you, Perth. Fuck you, Western Australia. I've never been to Perth, so I don't actually know if it's nice or not. Uh, I'm just annoyed. Why'd you choose Perth? So, we start the show. We see the the, the wrestlers coming in. And, and I'm making note of this because Kevin Owens, who I'm calling the highlight of the night, the MVP of this fucking event, who was great. He walks in holding a koala, which he names the K-O-A-L-A, which I thought was fucking amazing. <laughs> he walks into this arena holding a, a, a real-life koala. I told my wife this, and she's like, oh, that's cute. And then she saw a video of it, and she's like, oh, I thought you meant, like, a toy koala. I'm like, no, like a fucking real koala. And I'm like, I think that's fucking hilarious. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that um, there were handlers for the koala right next, like right in front of him or something like that, off screen. But I would like to think that he went to the zoo and stole this koala just to carry it around. That, that's that's my own thought process. <laughs> so let me have it, all right? So we start the pre-show with the Kabuki Warriors versus Indy Hartwell and that other girl. Fuck I can't remember her name. Yep, Indy Hartwell. Okay, let's talk about Indy Hartwell because she is Australian. She comes out to a relatively big pop. Good to see her. I I, I like that. That was cool. Um, they lose obviously, but it was nice to see Indy get some get some love for the for the Australians from the Australians. Sorry. We start the the pay per view, the PLE, whatever you want to call it, with the women's elimination chamber, which was a uh, question on the scorecard: what opens, um, which is 
Which is weird, man. Um, what opens and the main event questions on the scorecard are usually all, like, the same answers from everyone. But what opens, like, everyone had different things. Like, um, some people had the tag team match. Some people had the men's elimination chamber. Uh, most people had the women's chamber, which was correct. So it was cool to see different things. Uh, so we start with the el- women's elimination chamber. And... I think that, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that this is the first Elimination Chamber that's happened in the in the daylight, which was, I, I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I could tell straight away that these women here were suffering a bit from the Australian weather. Now, if you are not from Australia and you are used to a colder climate, I, I don't know if... if where if if America's hot or, or what the go is, I mean I've never been, but the Australian weather can be a fucking cunt at times. I am sitting here in my in my horror express room, my my basement basically, uh, dripping with sweat right now, and uh, it's not even that hot of a day. I it's just it's just the humidity in the air it really gets to you and my fellow australians who are listening right now are probably nodding and agreeing so yes you know what i mean but you could tell straight away that um that they were sweating from the heat and um i don't blame the men being in this chamber being with all those lights now i've been on stage many times with lights pointed at me those lights even though they're, they're not close to you they they get to you, man. They fucking burn you. They they make you sweat. So I understand what these girls were going through. Um, Becky and Naomi start the match, and Becky comes out showing some love for Scott Hall, which I loved. Her costume was very reminiscent of the uh, the old Scott Hall NWO style with the, with the blood dripping down. I thought that was really cool. This match was I I, I highly enjoyed this match. Highlights of this match, for me, Tiffany Stratton. Now, I've not really seen too much of Tiffany Stratton um, because she's been basically in NXT. I don't watch that much NXT, but man, she was great. She was great in this match. I had a really good time watching her. Um, And going back to the Undertaker One Dead Man show, when he's talking about the Elimination Chamber, uh, he brought up Tiffany Stratton and the crowd, the audience fucking popped hard for her so um she's she's over man tiffany stratton is uh is pretty over um becky did a backsploder to tiffany on the outside now this is another thing about tiffany stratton she took some really fucking good bumps man like the swanton from the top of the um the pod which was like scary she took a backsploder um, she did a, a number of things that are like, fuck man, she's really, she's good, man. She's good. She's entertaining to watch. She's nice to look at. Um, she's going to be up there soon. So Naomi was the first one eliminated. Then Tiffany eliminated next, which was funny because she, well, Liv Morgan eliminated Tiffany and, and the crowd started booing Liv Morgan. So that was interesting. Uh, Raquel eliminated Bianca Belair. And as soon as Bianca Belair was eliminated, I'm like, okay, it's, it's assuming that Becky is winning this match. Uh, I'm just looking at the at the stuff. 
Almost everyone had Becky. Almost everyone had Becky. So there we go. Um, from what I recall, I, and I did count, and I could be completely wrong here, but I didn't see, I don't think anyone pinned anyone more than once. So the question for most eliminated, um, most eliminations, sorry, I scratched that question because I didn't see anyone, I think everyone pinned someone equally. I didn't think there was more than two pins. So, yeah. But Bianca was pinned, then it was down to Liv and Becky, and then it ended. And this is my only critique with this match, is that it just kind of ended so abruptly. Um... Raquel was pinned by Liv Morgan and then straight up Liv Morgan was pinned by Becky Lynch. So this is another thing about Liv Morgan is that she's come that close twice this year. Once with the Rumble and now with the Elimination Chamber. So it's interesting to see where they're going with Liv Morgan coming to WrestleMania season. But all in all, I enjoyed this match. It was predictable. Um, Most of us chose Becky Lynch to win. Um... It was a little predictable, but I feel it's the correct way to go. Because if you think about it, Tiffany Stratton winning doesn't make sense. She's only just come up. Naomi just came back. Raquel, just where has she been? Liv Morgan, she's not that big of a name yet. And Bianca Belair was really the only other person. And if they had her winning, I I just, I'm off Bianca Belair. She's been there too much. Just stop. I'm 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 assuming that she'll be facing Jade Cargill. Um, oh, speaking of Jade Cargill, um, calling out Zach Davis here, my little brother. Zach, when you're doing the predictions to the scorecard, make sure you know who um, who is in these matches before doing it. Zach <laughs> Zach said that uh, the final two would be Becky Lynch and Jade Cargill. And he also picked Jade Cargill for the most eliminations. So, Zach, um, not making fun of you, but you're a fucking idiot. Um, make sure you read who is in the match before you send me your your predictions. You, you stupid dirtbag tosser. He's my brother. I can do it. It's all right. Um, all right. Next match, we've got the Tag Team Championships, the Judgment Day versus the New Catch Republic. Okay. My first line that I wrote in my notes is, I don't give a fuck about this match. Because I didn't. I don't care about the new Catch Republic. I don't really know who they are. I know Pete Dunne, but this other bloke, I don't know who he is. And the Judgment Day, I don't mind them. I don't mind them. They're not my favorites, but I really like Finn Balor. But Damian Priest, I'm indifferent on, so whatever. But this match was re- this match was pretty fucking good, man. It was pretty fucking good. Let's start with Dominic Mysterio, who comes out with the Judgment Day. Is this the loudest booze we've heard to Dominic? Because, holy shit, man. Australia, well done. And this was another thing that I was a little worried about. I I was worried that um, the Australian audience weren't going to deliver. And I'm like, come on, man, Australia, you need to bring this. If you want them back, you need to bring the fucking thunder. You need to bring the the rowdiness that, that I know us Australians have. And you guys delivered, man. Holy shit. The boos that were coming out 
directed at Dominic Mysterio were that fucking loud. I don't know if they they um they turned down his microphone, but you could barely hear him. And I heard a lot of people saying that they piped in booze. They did not. Because I have footage of friends who went over there, sent that in, and it was as loud on his video fucking recording as it was on TV. So, well done. Well done. That was great. Um, Dom is a wanker. Chance. (laughs) Fucking great. I remember years ago, years and years and years ago, when WWE used to come to Australia just for a house show. Um, Chris Jericho was in the ring, and the crowd started chanting, Jericho's a wanker, clap, clap, clappy, clap, all that stuff. And Jericho got in the mic and says, I don't even know what a wanker is, which was fucking great. Now, kids, what a wanker is... (laughs) I'm not even... Sorry, sipping my coffee here. Give me a fucking second. It's hot and I'm sweaty. Mm. Alright. This match wasn't bad. I I highly enjoyed the match. What I didn't like about it was the lack of star power. I didn't think for a second that the new Catch World Republic were going to win this. And there were a few people, a couple of people, who did pick the new Catch Republic to win this. I did not see it at all. Do you know why? Do you know why? Do you know what's going to happen at WrestleMania with the Judgment Day? Now, I could be completely wrong here. In the way Raw went on Monday, it looks like they're not doing this. But what I think is going to happen is that uh, the Judgment Day are going to defend those tag team championships against R-Truth and The Miz. That's what I think is going to happen. And we're going to see R-Truth become a tag team champion with The Miz beating the Judgment Day because it's the whole story about overcoming bullies and, and all that stuff. So, yep. Uh, I give this match a three stars. Thought it was insane. <sighs> Here we go. Here we go. The Grayson Waller show. The um, the Grayson Waller effect. Austin Theory was in the ring, and he uh, he's talking about what was he talking about? Vegemite and something else. I can't remember what he was talking about. Now, just just quickly, okay, coming from an actual Australian. When Americans come over here and they try Vegemite, now I'm only going to say this once to the people listening that are not from Australia. If you want to come over here and you're like, I want to try Vegemite because it's the Australian thing to do. Word of advice, when you eat Vegemite, and I've seen many Americans do this, which is totally wrong. When you eat Vegemite, you get your butter knife, you get your little knife and you put the littlest amount on your knife. And then you get your toast. I I always have it on my toast. Some people have it on their crackers or other things. That's okay, whatever. Uh, Let's let's get a bit of toast, right? Make some toast. And then what you want to do is lightly, lightly spread the Vegemite on your toast. Just lightly. What these Americans are doing is they're getting a fucking tablespoon or a big wooden spoon, getting all the Vegemite off it, and just putting it in a pile on your toast. That's that's disgusting. And then when you say, oh, Vegemite's disgusting, yeah, I would agree. Vegemite in that much, in, in that quantity, would be disgusting. If you spread it really lightly, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. It's a weird fucking, I don't know, it's a weird thing. 
But yeah, he's talking about how Australia, uh, Vegemite's gross, but you're doing it wrong. That's why it's gross. Uh, Grayson Waller comes out and he does a fucking shoey with some UFC dude. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, shoeys are an Australian thing, I guess. Fucking news to me. Um, then he announces Seth Rollins. Oh, sorry. Grayson Waller getting a big pop, which was cool. Uh, Grayson Waller is from Sydney. Uh, I've seen him wrestle before he was in WWE a couple of times. Cool guy. Cool guy. Um, not as much as a dick as you would think. Um, so Seth Rollins comes out looking like a fucking dickhead. An absolute dickhead. He's wearing a fucking third eye sunglasses. Like, holy Jesus, fuck. Drew, please fucking end him. I, I don't, I don't fucking get this style. Is anyone out there? Is there anyone out there listening right now that thinks Seth Rollins dresses cool or acts cool? Do you honestly think, like, when he comes out and Seth Rollins saying, ha ha, look at my baby teeth, ha <laughs> look at my third eye, yeah, I'm fucking Becky. Do you think that's cool? Like, honestly, it's embarrassing. Like, that's your world champion. That is your fucking world champion. And he's coming out with flamboyant shit. Now, picture this, right? It's 1998. You're watching WWE Raw is War. And out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's the champion at the time. The glass shatters, and out comes Stone Cold. And instead of wearing his signature black trunks and his black vest, he's wearing what Seth Rollins wears, and he comes out going, I'm Stone Cold! Like, would you, would you be embarrassed to watch wrestling? I would. I would be. And I don't think I'd be a fan today if, if Stone Cold came out wearing the shit that Rollins wears. This is my opinion, and tell me that I'm wrong. But I don't think you will. So next, we get fucking Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, who isn't um, who isn't wrestling. He's here for a fucking 10-minute talk show. And he gets more pyro than Rhea Ripley, than... Uh, who else got fucking pyro? <laughs> I can't even remember. Than Rhea Ripley and the whole Elimination Chamber combined. Cody Rhodes gets all the pyro. That must that must have been in his contract. Uh, if if I sign with WWE, then you must give me all of the pyro, all of it. Like, fuck me. What? Why? Why? Why is Cody Rhodes so special? He's not fucking hell. So this segment was weird. Wheel Waller Wheeler Waller played the babyface, but uh, it, it was strange because, and it was weird for us Australians because like we. we do we cheer him? But, like, he's a heel, and we're not meant to like him, so it was kind of like, I don't know where we stand. It's weird. Waller, Grayson Waller really could have played this up. Easily. Fucking easily, alright? Come out, give props to Australia, but then turn on Australia. And you know how you do that? You don't... Grayson Waller didn't live in Perth, he lived in Sydney. And there were signs in the crowd that said Perth is better than Sydney, which it's not. It's not. But, um, you see, like, bands and, and people come to fucking Sydney, unlike Perth. Um, <laughs> shots fired. But Waller could have just turned around and said, look, it's great to be here in Australia. I wish this event was happening in Sydney. That's where the crowd could have been like, oh, you fuck. It makes sense, but whatever. So, 
all this was was just basically to show that Seth Rollins is almost healed and for Cody to challenge The Rock which it is like the most interesting story at the moment I hope The Rock slaps the piss out of him like he said he would um, but yeah I'm guessing that's going to be a Wrestlemania night one match and then Cody will face Roman on night two and then Roman will retain I fucking hope so. I oh my god! If if Roman retains against Cody, I will be pissing myself laughing watching the Cody cry bear, cry babies, bitch and moan. Oh, I'm never watching WWE again. Oh, it'd be a glorious sight, just like last year. Um, all right. Before we get to the men's chamber match, we got a tourism commercial about how Perth and Western Australia is so beautiful. Blah 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 blah. I get it. You're promoting your, your your state and all that stuff. One commercial's enough. No. We get about 45 different tourism commercials. And it's like, shut the fuck up. I don't even care. I live in Australia and I don't want to fucking go to Perth. Shut up. But whatever. The men's elimination chamber happens. And Kevin Owens comes out first. Holy shit, Kevin Owens was the fucking best part of this whole event better than Rhea Ripley I'm saying it here I loved Kevin Owens every time he was on screen he made an impact Kevin Owens in the pod while the others made their entrance Bobby Lashley came out next and was looking at Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens put up his fighting fists like he was in a 1950s commercial or something like that it was fucking great everything that Kevin Owens did was hilarious I loved it so we start the match with Drew McIntyre and L.A. Knight, which I had picked to be the final two people. There we go. There we go. Uh, Randy comes out later and he does something to his back and he sold it so fucking perfectly that the whole match, I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Randy's hurt again. I totally bought into it. I bought everything that Randy was doing. Because he was so good at it. I honestly thought that Randy was hurt. So, well done to Randy. Um, Kevin Owens. Once again, fucking Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens throws... Oh, and the whole back and forth between Kevin Owens and Logan Paul was great. Logan drawing on the pod picture of Kevin Owens was hilarious. Um, Their back and forth was unreal. Unreal. Kevin Owens then finally gets to Logan Paul and smashes Logan Paul through one of the pods. Then Logan Paul gets speared through one of the pods and Lashley must have hurt himself because on the audio he's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh fuck. And you could hear it clear as day. It was great. Um, then Drew McIntyre hits Lashley with the Claymore. He's the first eliminated. We then get a bit more back and forth and... LA Knight, man, he was my second pick for this match. I'm like, I picked Drew. I thought, yeah, it makes sense for Drew to win this match. But if not Drew, can it be LA Knight? Can it? Because if you think about it, Drew's the only Raw superstar in this chamber. Everyone else is from um, SmackDown. So, but I mean, like you can jump ship, whatever. Um, LA Knight was eliminated after AJ Styles comes out of nowhere and um yeah 
AJ Styles and LA Knight, I'm guessing, is the, the Mania match that we're getting. I'm okay for it. At the same time, I kind of wanted LA Knight in a title match. I, I thought that it would be LA Knight and Logan Paul in a title match and have LA win his first championship because when you think about it, LA is getting up there in age and he probably doesn't have that much time left. And he's a great, he's, he's a fucking great character. I really like LA Knight. He's got a great theme music, but we need to strike while the iron's hot, man. And like AJ's had his time. He's done that. He's done this in different companies. LA should be really challenging Seth Rollins or, or someone for the championship right now and winning, winning. Um, this match, I had a really good time with this match. It was so hard hitting. Auden still looking fucked, but eliminates Kevin Owens, which was sad for me because he was so funny. Um, but then Paul Logan. Paul Logan. <laughs> Logan Paul. Fuck, I am Australian. Uh, Logan Paul grabs the knucks, which were totally fine to use because it's no disqualification in the Elimination Chamber, but gets an RKO from literally out of nowhere, which was great. Uh, Logan Paul's gone, and then Logan Paul comes back to uh, give Drew the win after attack- attacking Randy. So I'm guessing that's your Mania match. Randy Orton and Logan Paul, which is a big match for Logan Paul, but at the same time, do we need to see Randy hold the US Championship? Unless he, unless Logan Paul beats Randy, but I don't know. I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed this chamber match. I thought I thought both chambers were good. I think I preferred the women's just a touch. Uh, both were very predictable, but uh, I both gave I gave both of them a four stars. Triple H comes out, who I had picked as a surprise. I was the only one to pick Triple H. So, boom, points to me. He comes out, and I was... Oh, man, I was so excited when he came out, and he announced the attendance record. I'm like, oh, is he going to say, we're coming back next year for something? I was so pumped. I was like, we're coming back to Australia for, I don't know, SummerSlam, or something like that. I'm like, holy fuck. No, nothing. Nothing yet. We'll see. I'm sure we'll find out this year if they're going to come back to Australia. I really fucking hope so. Next, we get the main event. And I'm just going to say it straight out here. I'm sorry. I love Rhea Ripley. I think she's fucking great. She's my favorite women wrestler. Woman woman wrestler. She's one of my favorite talents at the moment. Not just because she's Australian. I like her style. I'm a fucking metalhead. So is she. I like the goth style about her and she's hot as shit so I like her but how is this the main event I get it that Rhea Ripley is from Australia and I'm getting and I'm getting I'm understanding that it's to show Rhea but against Nia Jax really really um yeah, I don't know. Like, I get this was just a showcase for for Rhea Ripley. That's all it was. And once you knew that, you're like, yeah, there's no way that Nia is winning this match. Um, in saying that, Nia Jax actually did pretty decently. 
which is saying a lot because usually she doesn't. But she actually did all right. I thought she was fine for this match. Rhea comes out, and while watching it on TV, I'm like, huh, the pop doesn't really seem that big for her. But then once again, one of my friends who um, showed me some videos, the pop was huge. Uh, I'm guessing the open stadium dulled down the noise on TV, but if you were watching it and you're thinking the same thing, like, oh, I thought they'd pop harder for Rhea, they were popping fucking hard, but I'm guessing it just didn't translate to TV that well. So Rhea comes out, as I said, and she gets like a few fireworks, but nothing compared to Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes is the most important wrestler in the world right now. <sighs> anyway, Rhea, Rhea's nose starts bleeding. Trust Nia to uh, give a bleeding nose. And Nia, did I say Nia? Sorry, Nia. Nia putting Rhea through the table was cool. And this match was fine. Overall, as I said before, Nia didn't... Nia. Fuck me, not Nia. Nia Jax. Nia didn't do as bad as I thought, but for the main event, I just... I kind of thought this match was a bit lackluster. I, um... Eh. It's whatever. It's cool for Ripley to, to showcase who she is in front of her hometown. Her family right there in front of her. That was cool for Rhea, but... I think that they could have built this story more instead of like having Becky and Rhea face to face before this match. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was a fine match, three stars. Uh, it was cool seeing Rhea um, pick up Nia for the um, for her finisher. That was cool. Good pop to that. Overall, man, the event was good. I enjoyed the event. It was fun to watch it in in my home country, but. It was a very predictable event. Um, I got all the winners correctly. Most of us did. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of wish they threw a curveball in there and had like LA Knight winning the chamber or something like that. And then he could have had Drew shoehorn his way in to make it a triple threat or something. I don't know. Something on the lines of that. If it wasn't as predictable as, as we expected it, it might have been a better score for me overall. But um, yeah. Overall, I enjoyed it. I'm pleasantly surprised, and I'm hoping WWE comes back soon. So, with that being said, we have to get to the scorecard. All right, the Wrestling for Dummies scorecards. I forgot the fucking name of the show. Is it Dummies of Wrestling? <laughs> Dummies of Wrestling scorecard. We have Jordy Van Vuclis as our world champion right now who stole the belt from me. Thank you, Jordy. Thought you were my NWO brother, but apparently not. Apparently that doesn't exist now, whatever. But uh, Jordy is your current world champion. Does he retain, though? So let's go down from least to first. So coming in last with 11 out of 25, we have Brian Stitcher coming all the way from the Horror Returns podcast. Thank you, Brian, for joining the show and uh, putting your predictions. Unfortunately, you did not beat the champ, but um, yeah. Coming in next, we have a three-way tie. A three-way tie with 13 out of 25. Paul Lindsay, Scotty Crawford, and your world champion, Jordy Van Vuclis, all coming in with 13 out of 25. Oh, Jordy. Jordy not getting first place, but it's not over yet. Coming in next with a score of 15 out of 25, yours truly, me. Me. 
And then we got the last two people, Donna Nelly and Zach Davis. Oh, who's it going to be, man? With a score of 16 out of 25, we have both Donna Nelly and Zach Davis, which leads to a tie. And the event of a tie, the champion retains. Jordy Van Vuklis retains. But, oh, oh, we forgot about the but, didn't we? Shit. You guys probably forgot. I almost forgot. One person did not forget, and that name, that name is Zach Davis. Zach, when was it? July last year? We had an eliminate uh, the money in the bank question that whoever gets the most points in the money in the bank gets the money in the bank briefcase, which is an extra two points. Zach Davis coming out to the ring to cash in his two extra points. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Which leaves Zach to 18 out of 25, making him the new Dummies of Wrestling World Champion. Wow, what a screw-up, Geordie. Are you okay? Oh, Zach Davis, new Dummies of Wrestling Champion. Going into WrestleMania, we have Zach Davis. And right now, I'm issuing a challenge to Zachary Davis right now. Brother versus brother. WrestleMania. Actually, no, we have fucking A. We have an AEW. Shit, that's like. Oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I've totally forgot about AEW pay per view. Which. Uh, I'm not going to do it, man. I, I apologize to everyone out there. I've completely forgot about it. It's fucking Thursday. It's happening like this weekend. I've completely forgot to make a scorecard. I um, It's my wife's birthday on the weekend, so I don't have a chance to watch it. And I don't have any interest besides Sting's last match I really have no interest in watching the event so unfortunately I will not be doing a scorecard I apologize to everyone out there I completely forgot it was on this weekend completely forgot that's my that's my loss so I'm guessing the next scorecard we're going to be doing is Wrestlemania and I'm issuing the challenge brother versus brother me versus you Zach it's on and like everyone else can join in as usual and um try but I, I, I just want Zach. I don't care about the title. I just want to take you down, Zach. That's all I want. That's all I want. Someone else can have the title. I don't care. Paul, take the title. Scott, Don, Brian, Geordie. Someone else take the title. I just want to demolish my brother. That's it. Leave his carcass for me. That's all I'm asking. So that is it, man. That is it for this show of the Dummies of Wrestling. Thank you guys once again for bearing with me. It's a... Long, uh, kind of a longer show. Uh, a lot to talk about, obviously, because of WWE coming to Australia. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, leave us a comment, man. Leave us your thoughts on, on what I said about this show. Um, we, we barely get any comments on this show. Any feedback um, is greatly appreciated. And uh, a like and all that stuff really, really helps out this show. So if you could, that would be fantastic i appreciate everyone but congratulations zach to become for becoming the new dummies of wrestling world champion geordie sorry brother but uh he did he did earn those two extra points so what can i say until next time guys and it will probably be the wrestlemania show until uh unless something else happens and i need to get to the microphone but um that's it enjoy the undertaker Kid Rock song. 
because I know you'll all dig that. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Dip! As I lay me down to sleep, lay me down, I pray my soul is mine to keep my soul. And never step outside this bed, never into all the See this beast, he's in the
saw your band Jumping around on stage like a bunch of wounded ducks What are you gonna learn, sucker? You just can't fuck with Listen.